All right, here we are back with another episode. We got the boys from Anytides, and we're continuing on the small business wave. And uh, like we agreed before we started, we'll pass it to Jackson first to uh, for the introductions. Yeah, so I'm Jackson Dreamus, and this is I'm Will Deshanes. Yeah, so yeah, we're in Burlington right now, but I'm from Massachusetts, and Jackson's from New Hampshire. Yeah, and right now we're uh, we got three days left until Will ships out to Hood, um, and then uh, yeah, we're gonna have to find a new place. TBD on that. Jeez. So we got the guys in Burlington, Vermont. I didn't tell you this before, but I'm in Burlington, Connecticut. So we got the nice yeah. cross Burlington functionality. And uh, Jackson, what happened, dude? You got crutches behind you, and you're injured. Yeah. Um, also the hands. I uh, was at Super Unknown, and on the first day, like the third hit on the second feature, just like warming up, everyone was just warming up, and uh, tried to trick on a flat down, thought I was going way faster than I actually was, and uh, did a switch straddle on the rail, and my leg caught on the last support post, and uh, yeah, snapped my fibula pretty pretty aggressively uh it luckily it was inside the boot so it wasn't like an explosive thing where i need surgery but not really that fun and super bummed i didn't get to <laughs> ski the rest of the week or go to hood after that so yeah. still a great time though for sure yeah you were kind of the star of the uh of the part two edit they just put out and it, honestly if you just watched the clip of your crash you wouldn't be able to tell that you broke it because you what did you say you just looked at the camera you're like ow that hurt or something like something super mellow yeah yeah i was like okay my leg was like in a gnarly position inside my boot um and then i like yeah obviously like said that and then i tried to move and i was like oh my foot is not okay and i think i said that a few more times people ran over and clip unclip my skis and i just ripped my boot off and i was like oh i'm good feel fine um tried to stand on it. It was like, oh, I can like hold some weight, tried to put a little more weight. And that's kind of when I sat down and have haven't really stood back up since. Um ended up going to the ER and got an x-ray and like on the way there, Connor, the dude who was running the event at level one, uh I was like telling him, I was like, I oh, I think I'll be back pretty soon. Like I bet it's just like crazy muscle bruise because of my calf got pancaked. No, it was <laughs> fully broken. Um, so, yeah, super unfortunate. But it's the way she goes sometimes. Yeah, that's brutal. I mean, did you get to stay for the rest of the festivities or did you just ship home after that? They were super, super chill about it. Uh, everybody was – I stayed. Um, and they were super chill about it. Um, everyone was, like, super considerate. Uh, first few days, people just brought food to me and – the room because i just stayed we were like in the hotel on site at the mountain like just looking at the the hill super sick spot um and uh i was feeling good enough to go up one of the days filmed a little bit uh connor's cam uh sat in the editing room with gavin gave a little bit of input here and there but uh other than that i just kind of kicked it and the last night i went bowling and and that was fun. Uh, pretty, pretty funny to watch me bowl 
because it was also offhand because I got a cast because um, I broke my hand in Quebec. But yeah, overall, it was super sick. Uh, everyone there was super cool. And I was really, really hyped that I was able to go. Just nice weather too. But uh, yeah, hopefully I can just go back to Mammoth at some point and ski because that was the thing I was most excited for. Yeah. Well, I mean, congrats on getting invited. Sorry to hear about you getting injured. That obviously that sucks. But um, we usually do background on on people, two of you guys. So maybe we'll start at like how you guys met each other. Like one of you being from New Hampshire and one of you being from Massachusetts, and we'll kind of take over from there if that works. That yeah, I guess it was like yeah six years ago at Champlain when we both were freshmen there. It was kind of funny. Um, I always knew of Jackson because he was trying to do like the street filming and everything. And I just see him at the mountain, but we didn't really hang out too much. Yeah, I think the first time we actually hung out, I like went to his room and we just looked at his freshly mounted skis, being super hyped little freshmen that we wear. And then the first time we skied together was at the, the Champlain Rail Jam, RIP. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I remember you were like unsure about me at first and then after the rail jam you seemed way more down yeah, most people are like that pretty loose <laughs> yeah. loose with the judgment calls yeah. um and then yeah we would just like hang out um every now and again we go skiing every once in a while see each other on hill and then when when did we finally start kicking it more it was probably the um, year yeah uh-huh. I don't know. We we always I don't know just hung out like pretty frequently, but like say probably like 2019, 2020. I don't know. <laughs> not was, 2020. No, it was, it was definitely when we started like kind of going in on the pants a little bit. Well, so, it was. Go ahead. Or yeah. No, no, that was it. Yeah. So I it was well. So I remember because that was when I I didn't have a home. And I was working at, Al- yeah. you got me the job at Alpine Shop. Oh, and, yeah. I was just like, time. I didn't have an apartment. I leased out my uh, apartment, uh, yeah, subloaded my apartment. And I was just floating around filming uh, the second street movie that I called Update that uh, our crew had made. Um, yeah, just like full ski mode, wasn't in school at the time. And then I would go to his house a lot because I didn't have my own place. We always play like video games. Yeah. And so, Finally yeah. convinced yeah. them to get in at the Alpine shop. Yeah, Alpine yeah. shop runs deep. If you <laughs> don't know, yeah. If you don't know about the Alpine shop, place has some legends that have worked there. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jim. Yeah, yeah. HG. Um, but he, yeah, I was just there one time and at his house, and he was just like, "Yeah, I got this idea." and pants and uh i was super down with it immediately i was so supportive of the idea yeah i didn't really know how to sew though like at all like that was like i literally was just like senior project trying to do something like fun like really like i don't know i just wanted to throw myself at something and like i don't know snow pants just seemed like a good uh, Good way to get in there because yeah all the homies jackson's snow pants were held together with friggin staples before 
before I made them a pair of canvas ones. So yeah. what what were you studying that that was part of a senior project? Oh, business. I went to Champlain for business. Okay. And, and, and Jackson, you too? Yeah, I'm still in school part-time, just kind of going at a slower pace, but uh, can't wait for that to be over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what years are we looking at? Like what, what time frame are we looking at for uh, your college years, even though yours is still kind of going on? I was there 2016 to 2020. Same. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where were you? I was at UConn. I wasn't at Champlain, but same, oh, same no, year for college. No. Yeah. So in terms of uh, background, this is something I kind of glossed over, but I'd like to know. So what were your guys' home mountains growing up? Let's plug the, uh, let's plug the roots. So I grew up at Shawnee Peak in Maine for shortly. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, there was a, mount, or a hill in my town called Pat's Peak um, that I grew up at, but my home mountain is definitely Mount Sunapee. That's like, I didn't really ski park until I was like, 15 and I skied moguls before that and some of you had moguls so I went there did some competitions for moguls and then my homie was like you should try the other stuff and I was kind of discouraged but ended up trying it did all right and then uh made the transition and yeah good time sick and what was what's the spot for Champlain while you guys are in college like what's the go-to mountain bush sugar bush easily <laughs> that's like what i figured park. yeah for part like yeah. all mountain just like regular skiing too like there's a lot of good options like mad river stowe jp there's, none of the homies go to stowe none of them there's, like, there's a few homies that go to stowe is a super sick place but management it's just Vale on the east coast like it's like Vale's home base on the east coast yeah so it's unfortunate, but that is the way it is. Damn. So you want to give uh, everybody not living on the East Coast the rundown on on what makes Bush so great? The lips, the railings. Tell them. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's flat. There's no lips onto any rails. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's true, but also oversimplifying just a little bit. Uh, first thing is like, the whole run, you can watch top to bottom from the lift. Like, the lift is fully dedicated to skiing park, or the park trails, I mean. And that just alone makes it a really cool vibe because you can just see your homies ski. You can watch whoever is going down the trail. Um, it's, like, kind of also in a more or less pocketed area of the mountain where the temps are like a slightly different and more enjoyable. So you're not just frigid because it is at the base. Like the lift starts from the base instead of higher up. And um, yeah, I mean, just Sugarbush Resorts, the park crew killed it. Like I've never been to a place where the park crew is like that. They're just so dedicated. They care so much. Especially this year, like the snow melt was crazy it was, we'd get a storm and it would go away it would be grass and then we get another storm and they just like they always held it pj always held it together yeah i mean yeah they all put in so much work but P, like i've been we've been skiing there for a while and pj consistently has like stuck out to me to the amount of attention he gives like he makes like art on that shit like it's sick um but yeah it's also yeah like 
places out west, like they they like I skied copper for the first time because I coach UVM, and we were at nationals and the park was different every single day we went there. But they also have plenty of snow to do that, and it's sick. I'm not discrediting them; they fucking killed it too. But it's just different when you're on the East Coast and you're just working with straight boilerplate ice. Um, yeah. yeah, shout out Sugarbush Parks. Also, I said it was flat, like just just the lips onto the rails are flat. Like the park itself is like super fast paced and just like just insane features everywhere. Yeah, that's facts. Like it's pretty steep trail at points, and the features it's just like a skate style park, so it's not conventional like feature after feature, and like Will already said, the lips are pretty non-existent. So it's like, if you get onto a feature, you worse to get onto that feature. Like there's not a lip. There's maybe like a couple lips in the park that actually put you onto the features. And I feel like people don't realize until they've skied bush, like watching somebody do like a two onto a rail bush is like, it's very different than doing a two onto a rail at another place for the most part. I definitely just, I had to relearn most of my tricks once I started skiing bush because it's just harder to do everything. The features are closer together, like putting lines together is more difficult. Like it just makes you a better skier in a lot of aspects. Maybe not so much like trick, like bag of tricks, but yeah. I really, it also is like dank because it's kind of similar to skiing speed. Yeah. So who's like the current crew that's riding at, uh, in terms of notable names at, at Bush, because back, back in my day or back in our day, really, since we're the same age, it was Ian Compton, dude, Ian Compton and all the Nordica crew was there and they'd put out some crazy videos. I'm sure there's other guys I'm forgetting, but like, who's, who's there now? Jackson's there, Chris Bechtold, Andy Hoblitzel. You catch Jamie Amadeo there sometimes. That's always the sight. Dan, Sam, like, yo, Tall T Dan and Dan Hathaway. And yeah, yeah, Sam Paul. And then Kieran McVeigh was there a few times this year, which was sick to see. Uh, I don't know if I saw Compton this year. I think he's, I saw him last year. Um, yeah, he's, he's out and about every once in a while. Uh, Sawyer, Sellingham, Dayton's there. Uh, Liam Downey shows up. Once yeah, in a while. Liam Downey with the SMS kids. Uh, always fun skiing with them. Uh, I there's just so many people that pull up there that it's just like it's definitely, in my opinion, like the East Coast like place to be, like Mecca, the hub. Yeah, the hub. That's a way better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's super sick. I gotta go. It's from Connecticut. It's just Have such a haul. No, and uh, my buddy Grant, oh, who's my buddy Grant, who's listening to this, he's gonna laugh when he hears this part because every season, like, or not every season, but like for the past two seasons, he's like, all right, we got to do it because his brothers go to school at St. Mike's up there, oh, and yeah. and dude, I just have to like travel for work and all this other stuff, and I just never have gotten the time. We've been we've made it to Killington twice this season, just because like that's what we can dedicate the time to in terms of driving and like staying overnight but I got to get up there, especially like, it just sounds super sick. Oh, it is. Yeah. Also like the trees are great at sugar bush. That's yeah. what he says too. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to say like the last thing about sugar bush is that the culture there is very proper in my opinion. Um, yeah. 
Who's the, like the driver of the culture there? Like, is is the, I know that Talty Dan and like from a distance, it seems like he has a big influence there. Is he kind of come and go, or is he is he a super regular? So he his studio is like what like seven minutes from the parking lot. Yeah, like it's, it's right there. Yeah, he's right there. He he, he goes when he has time. You know, someone um, else not to be overlooked. Not to cut you off, but Chase. Chase. Oh, Norman. of course. Yeah, Chase is the best skier on the East yeah. Coast. Yeah, and Sam. Sick, dude. I love all the shoutouts. We'll have to. Uh, we'll make sure those guys hear this because that's that's some good props right there. So, going back to the pants. How so? You so senior year, you're like, all right, senior design project or senior business pro- project rather. Let's make pants. Where did that come from? Because you you said you didn't really have much experience sewing, right? Yeah, no, I just thought, honestly, pants would be a little bit easier to get into than jackets. But then what I originally was doing was canvas pants for me and Jackson. But those were insane. Like, it was like 40 hours for me to, like, make a pair of pants. I was so bad. But, um, yeah, I think you told me it was 52 hours for the pair you made me. Yeah, something, something silly. He just handed them to me and was like, these are yours. It's like, wow, I don't think anybody's ever put that much effort into anything I've gotten. (laughs) So I guess like how it kind of like rolled out from there. It's like we wanted to do something like practical. Like I can't, can't spend 40 hours on a pair of pants, but we also wanted to keep it like, kind of us based but basically like on the hours i thought i was never gonna like make a pair of pants to sell i thought we were gonna have to go to a manufacturer and have them made you know traditionally yeah but basically china or something yeah yeah but we wanted to keep it inside the u.s just because like the way everything is now like it's just such an advantage like especially like in-house like the turnaround time is just, yeah. Don't have to line up clothing a year out. Just huge advantage. Yeah. But basically, yeah. Like, I guess we were, yeah, chasing manufacturers for like a little, little minute there. But basically, I just, yeah, just kept trying, kept putting in the effort and got to the point where last, yeah, last fall, 20, yeah, 2020 um we just dropped the apparatus on the market and we sold we started with like three pairs for halloween um of 2020 and just went from there and kind of like yeah developed it as i got better at sewing and what was possible and yeah yeah i didn't even i didn't even think about that so we we graduated 2020 like in the middle of the pandemic so did you just finish up that project like from your house or was that a fall project like in, in your senior year of, of college yeah i i spent two semesters trying to like figure out how the heck i was gonna like make an entrance with snow pants and like still like when i graduated like it was not really all that clear i was trying to make track pants like similar to what like is being put out now but yeah, we we're trying to make track pants and then turned it into the apparatus. Uh, we knew we needed something that wasn't that was already going on on the market, and 
for at least my stance, I, I just wanted something that actually could stand out visually. And then also, and this is, I think, more on Will's side, like stand out how it feels on you. And that's kind of like why we chose. I mean, that's how I, re I mean, originally, I remember you liked the the track pant material liner that was super light because you're like, I like how this feels on your skin. Yeah. And then it just kind of looked like it was not structural. Uh, it wasn't structured enough for like wind and such. So uh, we eventually moved to something thicker. And yeah, two layers. And that's how it was born pretty much. Yeah, there, there's like a couple people like maybe making that like snow paint, like track paint crossover style. Like, but we just felt like this like variation of it. It just like works with variable conditions. Like you can wear them at hood and be comfortable like when it's 60, 70 degrees out, but then still like, just throw them on over a pair of sweatpants when it's like a powder day and still works pretty well. Versatile, yeah. some would call them. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I mean so you said your first drop was only three pairs of pants. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. Very low risk of not selling out if it's only three pairs. Who who was the first customers? Uh Audrey Freeze. Oh, Audrey all three. Freeze. Yeah. No, not for all three. Oh, oh no, no, no! You just just the very first pair. Okay. Yeah. Very first pair when I taught you. So yeah. yeah, shout out. Yeah. Was yeah. it just was it homies that just bought the first three, or was it was there any uh, randos? No, it was completely random, just like wow. mostly across the U.S. Because I mean, yeah, we Jackson has been working on the Instagram like since day one. So like, we had like. A, like a very minuscule amount of recognition like that time. yeah cool so what is the what is the origin of the of the name and the logo because i love both and i'm wondering where you where it came from so i'm from essex massachusetts one more shout out shout out king clam my friend mackenzie woodman of woodman's of essex it's they are the home of the fried clam they they invented the fried clam and if you google where the best clams in the world come from it is out of the essex ipswich river which is literally i i like i grew up on it like digging clams for like a summer job like for for a few years i like that and the name obviously tides the tides of the ocean so oh, yeah so yeah any tide i need i'm gonna go out there to dig those clams like, <laughs> when are you going out to dig clams any tide i need to you know what it is you know what time it is <laughs> <laughs> and jackson what'd you think when he brought that to the table when the clam man came came knocking way better than some of the ideas that were floating around uh we were brainstorming names for a while like sitting down and like writing them out like oh there it was it was like a blessing that that one ended up coming to be for sure did it click right away because i i personally and i mean you see this when you're studying business and 
undergrad, like you, there's always like, oh, start a fake business. The worst part is always coming up with the name. So did it immediately click for you guys? Like, yep, that's the name. Or was it like, eh, I guess that could work. I was pushing a few different options. I'm still a huge advocate of leg bags. I just might start a little sub sub chain or something. No comment. <laughs> leg bags. And make make a jacket and call it the body bag. Oh, that that's actually kind of hard. I like that. We're working on it. That, working that on one's it. hopefully going to come to be. But, yeah, no, the second I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's it. I was definitely sold immediately. Yeah. Do you, was there a part of you that wished that you had launched it like earlier in college? So, you know, you could get some like campus promotion. You're like, you're more kind of like tapped into the social scene or do you feel like it hasn't really held you back that you're doing it out of college? No. Cause I mean, like me and Jackson working together, like for sure, like we're in the community that we want to be in, like no doubt about it. Like, I mean, like, I don't know, extra promotion is always good, but I feel like the timing worked out really well. Um, yeah, you have anything to say about that? No, I don't. Uh, it, I'm personally back when, like, when schools help out with startups and such. I think that's really cool. And the place, Champlain, is definitely one of those places that really fucked with that stuff. But I liked that it was independent of that. Um, we were starting from scratch and learning as we went and we had some resources that we could fall to, which was really helpful, especially at the very beginning. Um, I definitely asked some of the professors for advice and even if we didn't take that advice, it was really good to have opinions other than the ones we came up with. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I didn't think that doing anything that called like this campus or the student body had would have boosted any tides that much. I mean, I sure it would have helped. Yeah. I mean, but it would have, yeah, I've, I just feel like the time it worked out pretty well. Cause like when you're starting out, like, I mean, like just doing it part-time for a while is good. Just cause obviously like you're not going to start out at like a full scale operation, but like I definitely, felt like getting like full hands-on like full attention on just the business was uh, something that was really important to just like being able to grow it and actually provide like numbers of paints um yeah yeah no will's drive in the very beginning was nothing short but admirable he hustled so hard like not only just to like get it off the ground um, to become actually to the point where we could sell pants, but also after the fact, up until now, honestly, he's made hundreds of pants by hand and he's largely the only one doing it. Like 98% of the pants have been him probably at this point in terms of like doing it solo start to finish. I got a lot of help on the pre-orders. I, I dragged some of my friends and had a little assembly line going, but um, yeah. Not to like- Sweatshop, yeah. a Burlington, Vermont sweatshop going on. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> you can live here if you work for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Homie Charlie did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, so oh, how yeah. did you how did you start scaling up? Like the first ones, I mean, you started with three. So, I mean, you got you can really only go up from there in terms of quantity. Did you like get better sewing, get more efficient? Like, how did you actually start producing hundreds? Yeah, I yeah definitely just proficiency with the sewing machine. Like huge learning curve. Like it is. Uh, it was almost impossible like when I was starting to learn and then it just like it's just like that repetitive motion you can just like do it with your eyes closed after like a certain amount of time but um yeah not like yeah it's just literally just throwing myself at it which like I was saying like it can't re like at a point like it can't really be part-time which like in school is good when you're starting out but like when you're going like you need to be on it full time like like one specific example would be the arsenic collab that we did last november basically for those 10 pairs of pants i spent probably 100 hours that week like it was two all-nighters and like multiple days like full days and so it was just a lot lot of hours in the shop yeah and so i mean i think there's gonna be a lot of kids that listening to this i mean a large portion of them will be people that know you because that's usually how it goes everyone wants to listen to their buddy but there's also gonna be people that want to get into fashion so like what sort of equipment do you use to uh actually make these pants like what specific sewing machine if you know check this out i got two home sewing machines got a heavy duty singer and i've got a, a professional serger set up pretty pretty inexpensive but it works really well but like yeah i mean yeah just yeah my aunt got me going on the home machine and it just yeah this is it like I love that. Yeah, I like that the barrier to entry is actually like not super high for sewing stuff. It's more like your brain is the barrier to entry. You need to learn how to actually use the damn thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and also just being like motivated because like before, I didn't even know like part of the reason why I didn't do something like this sooner is because like it's definitely intimidating. And like I'd see people like Aaron Pettit and Sammy Hegloon doing takeout shorts and I'd just be like what like you can actually just like just do it like and they were inspired by Tall T Dan and so it's just like a chain of just like I don't know yeah that no, I like that point. I like that um what's when you're actually grinding it out what do you like what are you listening to are you a madman sitting there in silence just muttering to yourself or you throw like some music uh, on what, what, what how do you get through it juicy j absolutely <laughs> um juicy j dave east recently and griselda of course just on repeat yeah. just 100 hours straight no nah, i switch <laughs> it up you know the red hot chili peppers is good for the soul <laughs> no no it's some blackout in there. Get some Sean P in there. Sean Price. Ooh. Oh my God. I, no, I just, yeah, I just, I listen to music all the time. I honestly don't listen to a lot of podcasts or like, I was listening to a couple of yours, but like, yeah, not, yeah, not huge on, yeah. 
And so, okay, so that's like one element of the scaling is like just actually making the product. But the everything else surrounding is on point too, like the media, specifically like the photos of the products. So how do you guys go about that? Because those are like super professional, like studio shots. Oh, yeah. It, like Charlie Cerrone. Also like starting out, Charlie Cerrone was definitely someone who had like a huge influence on like getting us on the design wave because neither of us like really are fashion designers, but like he kind of, I don't know, helped us get in like the right direction, especially like the website and like presenting it to people. But like, yeah, not, yeah. Mostly the presentation, not too much on the product, but like, yeah, he definitely got us going on the design wave. Yeah. He's also just a super talented photographer. Like, seems like everything he does is just like, I don't know, gold to me. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's responsible for these photos and this, like the specifically the website is just, it, I mean, it looks like you guys have been in business for like a while, just based off the website. It's super professionally done. Yeah. That is enlarge his vision. Yeah. That's awesome. So in terms of, uh, I mean, there's so many different aspects to, uh, the business i mean how much uh is if you want to look at financials like is this is this hurting the pockets trying to get all this up up and off the ground or is it like initially yeah. we could look at the, like initially was it did it really hurt the pockets to get started and now like is it sustaining you guys like not having to work other stuff not particularly jackson well we were doing the uvm coaching but like like i'm just like hustling to make rent and Jackson really does not make too much at all. Like it's really not like a cash cow or anything, but like what we're doing is, yeah, we're just trying to like, yeah, share something with like the community. So it's not like a self, you, you can't live off the money from this at least yet. Not if you look at my taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like we make it happen, but it's it's definitely not like yeah, it's tight. It's it's not the best structure right now, but we're working on it. We definitely got a few a few plans. Yeah, cool. And so in terms of like the other aspect of growth, you know, quantity, money, all that stuff. So you mentioned that Jackson was like building the community. What was that effort like to get the word out about it? Like, did you guys link up with some athletes and say, yo? wear these as much as you can like how what was that whole process like so yeah i mean it just kind of came down to our the homies like the people that we were already skiing with um i think i was skiing with most of them a little before you um but yeah we just like we're all roughly around same age um makes it easy definitely some variance in there but uh just skiing at bush a lot you see people um you know, Chris Beck told definitely in the beginning, like <laughs> one of Will's all-time favorite skiers, and he just wanted to put Chris on with it in the very beginning, um, in particular. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've basically gotten to the point where just about everybody who wants to be is on the team uh, from the crew. Um, and because the crew happens to be 
really dang good skiing. It just kind of trickles down from there. Uh, we didn't really have to do too much work. Like I didn't have, like I had to think about stuff and actually be conscious about the fact that this is for a business and not like for personal use. Because uh, it is a lot of your like close friend group. Yeah, exactly. Like it, <laughs> I never wanted it to feel like businessy to the homies. Um, and in some aspects, that's probably happened at points. But yeah, it, it's super laid back. Um, we only hook up people that we have specific reasons for. Uh, we also can't just hook up anybody, even though that would be cool to just like support the people that are deserving. Um, but we're just not in a position to do that. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of, I don't know where I was going with that. That was kind of just <laughs> trailing off, but yeah. But no, it's cool. What's your uh, approach to collabs? Because, you know, the uh, uh, arsenic, that that's a collaboration that makes sense. But like, I know that you just worked with Scards recently and like threw some stickers in there. Um, like what's your guys' approach to to working with all those other people? We mostly just want everyone to be happy and like get what they're looking for. Like we don't like I don't like to impose like my vision on anyone really, especially when it's something that like they're after. Like I don't want to inhibit that. Nice. I like that. And so so arsenic, scards, is there anyone or is there any others that I'm missing? um no like official collabs that's it they yeah. do a stack because like he's been kind of <laughs> on the, the fringe for a little while but yeah matt yeah. stack ass but uh <laughs> yeah we got a couple plans lined up um but yeah we don't want to just like do a collab for the sake of doing a collab we wanted to have some meaning behind it and for whatever reasons they may be um and scars is obviously like a passion project and arsenic is i mean dan is cares more about the community than anybody i've met so the the those two made sense to us and the the arsenic one was really cool too because of course like culty dan just like loves jackson so he just came over and we just like kind of just like he just he had a vision for it like it was he was like this is like what it should look like and then we just kind of worked together to make it manageable because like yeah like i said it was like just so much time and also that's another thing like those pants are an insane value because he put those out or we put those out for 222 and like that's literally less than what the apparatus is now and it was just yeah two side vents like with the stripes off <laughs> beautiful chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah it was just it was really fun. Dude, that's awesome. And I got to ask you guys, because you because you know him personally, and I think this is what I wanted to ask earlier before I forget. What do you think of, of Chris's Instagram username? I think it's one of the best of all time. Draws Erect, you in. Erectile Chris Function. You guys ever call him that? All the time. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up with him. Like, he's, he's the one who I can credit to teaching me the most park i was never like taught by anybody how to ski park at least um but yeah i've <laughs> it's fitting 
one of the most fun to see. Yeah. He's the most fun to see in person. Yeah, he's one of my favorite people to ski with and always has been. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, so there's a there's a bit of a like a deeper connection with you guys in terms of like the ski realm. So he got he got into super unknown was it last year or the year prior? Is that correct? Last year. Last year, yeah. So what'd you think, like looking at one of your best buds getting into that? Did were you envious at all just super i mean you're probably super stoked on him but what did you like did that put it in your mind like yo i want to do the same thing um honestly no personally uh like, rory walsh rory walsh and chase and zach massey all like really good homies of ours all went the same year actually i think it was 2017 maybe 28 no i think it was 2017 um and yeah, I mean, I was super hyped for all of them. And then Chris made it in. And I was just, because of the COVID situation, you know, he was a semifinalist, super stoked for him. But I thought that was all it was going to be. And then he actually ended up going and so sick. And I was super hyped for him. And yeah, I mean, he, he did say it was really fun kicking it with all like these random people that cared about the same thing that he did. Um, and that was really cool. But yeah, I, uh, admittedly i not i've never really been into level one movies like the first one i saw was like maybe 2018 i watched it for the keegan part and i missed it there was like a premiere at upm and i just boofed it but uh i ended up buying like the 20 pack when it came out and then covid hit and then uh that was the first time i actually watched level one movies so i wasn't like like i always watched super unknown but I just wasn't too like connected to it. Also, I never knew I never got good at jumps, um, so I was never like this is realistic because my super unknown does not have a single jump clip. So no, I like that you keep it true to the East Coast. We don't need those big, <laughs> those big jumps, dude. What the hell? What the hell is all that about? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> No, you're done with the jumps. Yeah, you're talking to the wrong kid. This is the most yeah. dedicated jump skier that I've seen on the East Coast. We're no like the exact condition. opposites. Yeah. I, I grew up watching Level 1 and just like idolizing Adam the one and just like wanting to go to Super Unknown to hit the jump so bad, but I just can't, obviously. Like I'm not like about to do that, but he can and broke his leg. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I thought I thought that uh, I thought they can't get the lips right at at Bush. Are they are they just dedicating oh, they all that out. energy to the jumps? They figured it out. Like the the jumps been popping off the past few years, and like yeah, you see you see a ton of people, especially a lot of snowboarders throwing some cool shit, and of course Chase, yeah, and Andy <laughs> too, and Chris. Oh yeah, all of them kill it on jumps. Dude, so it's funny that you mentioned the level 120 pack because, I mean, whoever set that up with COVID, like the discount was an evil genius because I also bought it and watched them all during COVID. I had only seen like Sunny because I went to the premiere when I was younger. So did you guys, were you guys ever tapped into the YMR days back when Vermont was popping off in its own way? Have you Like, are you familiar with those days at all? Like Liam McKinley and uh, the OG crew? I mean, yeah, McKinn is the goaded filmer of skiing. Um, of all time. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but uh, I was uh, it was a little before my time of like getting into park skiing. Uh, but I once I moved to Burlington, I was 
I was informed and caught up to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but nothing more than that. So let's see. Um, we've covered we've covered a lot of stuff. I wanted to cover like the collabs, the like. What's the future vision that you guys have? Like, where where's this going from here? Well, immediately, like, all we're trying to do this summer is lock in with uh, these people down in Fall River, Massachusetts. It's good lady Catherine is going to be helping out making uh, making some pre-orders for the snow pants. So that is going to be just exquisite because we got the sample back already. And it is, is looking almost nicer than the pants that I make. So we're going we're gonna to check it out. And, put it to the test but like yeah we're gonna basically try to move the apparatus to this production site in massachusetts and then that'll free us up to make some new stuff that's awesome and so like is is having it being like u.s based u.s manufactured is that super important to you from like a philosophical point or is that literally just it's quicker turnaround I honestly like am not super high and mighty about it. I really just think the in-house production and like as close to in-house production as possible is the move just because like the way everything is like you, I I don't want to speak about any company specifically, but like if you're making clothes a year out, like I'm, I'm just going to come in and make something new. Like I'm like, I don't want to like, design like the same anorak that like everybody else has and like that's the type of clothing that like people are making like that where it's like they have the colors for 2024 picked up like picked out already and like i don't know we're gonna get there and like then determine like what the best outcome is you know what i mean well i mean yeah in terms of a word of caution that's what saga did saga was like we got the algorithm dude we can we know like based on past trends, we know what's going to be great. And then boom, it doesn't work. Like you can't, you can't like 2024 planning like colorways out like that far. Like, is that really like a realistic approach? Like at all? Well, for some people it works, but like that was something that I was just like frustrated with seeing in like, like I want to make like new stuff all of the time. Like, I am super excited because me and Dan Hathaway are making, like, they're going to be a really fun pair of pants this fall. But, like, I, like, yeah, just want to be making new stuff. I don't want to, like, release the same pair of pants, like, year after year. Like, even if, like, we could, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just makes sense to keep things going in a good direction instead of just planning it out because... There's too many things that you can't predict, especially on a seasonal activity like skiing, like trends just pop up. It's not like a slow, like a smooth progression and stuff that's like year round, for example. So it it just like, yeah, Saga dropped the ball pretty heavily. Um, it honestly kind of opened the doors for us to come in like, oh, like a new snow pants company just appeared like Saga just went out of business. It, like yeah, I, I don't, don't, don't want to say I don't want to. What? I don't know if it was a failure. Like they were just like no, how did it sell? I, I mean, they obviously wanted it to go. I don't know. Regardless, um, 
that is not the vision that I personally wanted to pursue. And I don't think that we're going to do that in the manner that they were doing it or remotely close to it, hopefully. Um, yeah. But yeah. I so, just, I just feel like your signature, like, cut, like, how many years are you going to drop the same, like, signature cut? Like, I don't know, trend, yeah, things change. Yeah. So I, it looks like, from what I'm seeing on the Instagram, like, you guys have kind of ventured into doing like small releases of other apparel like a like a hat here t-shirt here are you guys always gonna i mean always is you know that's a long that's a lot of of time but like do you plan to focus on pants for the immediate future and like and like are a lot of your plans revolving around pants or do you plan on expanding it to other articles of clothing um yeah, I mean, pant, we're, we're a pants company right now, but that's, for the most part, that's because that's what makes the most sense. Um, uh, yeah, pants are dank. Like, everybody in, like, I mean, I feel like in a lot of action sports, pants is a, like a centerpiece to the person because, like, skating, skiing, snowboarding, like, biking, like, scootering, you know, rollerblading, like, pants are, like, they're the closest thing to like the thing you're riding um, and they make or break fits in some ways. It's a weird way to put it, but you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to expand into things other than pants, but yeah, I mean, we, the foundation is current currently pants. So we're going to keep going and kind of establish ourselves through that and then go from there. Or at least that's the general outline that we're hoping to find. Yeah, we got a structure we're trying to work towards right now. We're trying to you know, build and like so to do that we gotta yeah not just do anything. Like I I've wanted to make a puff jacket for so long, but like it's gonna happen when the time is right. Yeah. It is funny that I mean I've never I don't think I've ever thought about pants this much for like this sustained period of time. But it is funny that like you could really view like the history of ski fashion kind of through a pants lens. Like when people talk about fashion trends, they're like, oh yeah, everything was super baggy. And then everyone started wearing tight pants. And then everyone started wearing track pants. You know, so you, it, you actually kind of are onto something saying that like pants are the centerpiece of the outfit. Oh yeah. Like you can be shirtless, but people will focus on the pants. Like you can you can wear almost nothing but pants if you're skating and like it doesn't matter if you don't have pants on when you're like skiing or skating like i yeah i mean yeah Good yeah you're just kind of yeah. like a goober like even if like somebody's wearing shorts you're like those aren't pants like you're not going to the exactly. beach why are you wearing shorts and, and like the majority of people will share that feeling without communicating so wow. especially spring skiing at the mountain i don't need to see your short shorts yeah hide those knees like keep that keep that shit hidden <laughs> yeah those, those ever white thighs you gotta not be letting the children see those <laughs> yeah oh that's funny man so all right before we get into the i truthfully i haven't looked at the viewer questions in a second so we'll see but like before we get into those who so who inspires you guys in terms of like the modern the modern uh brands and in, in skiing you know like who who else is doing something similar that you guys are stoked on 
uh, like Sovereign, like Zach and Lars, who uh, he makes Deathlook. I don't know if you, oh, yeah, you said you know Zach already or mm-hmm. talked or interviewed him. But um, yeah, they like, I know them. I was just with them before I went to Super Unknown because they were uh, Lars is hosting me and Trucky. Shout out him, fucking homie. But um, yeah, they they know what's going on for sure. Um, less so about like inspiration, I would say, just like more respects paid. Uh, also the reevaluate pants. Those I would like. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I they're the only people doing cargo pockets well right now. Cargo pockets are not it, but they they do it. They do it good. Damn, hella props. Love that. Um, all right, we'll get into the viewer questions. We'll start off with the first one. And I said this last episode, but uh, I think this is just gonna be a segment, so I might stop calling this one a viewer question. But what's your guys' hot take in skiing, in fashion, in pants? Like, what's what's the hot take that you guys got? Oversized easily like just the largest pair of pants you can possibly like make like it keeps getting bigger too so like i guess there is no boundary but um yeah uh (laughs) i have a lot of hot takes i mean maybe it's not a hot take just like i have my opinions um (laughs) sorry i'm kind of like the options are endless, so I'm becoming blank. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're um, uh, You got anything you want to guide me with, Will? I don't know. The only thing recently is at Sugarbush, nobody wears a helmet. There's like three people wearing a helmet. That's not really fashion. It's just like more people. There's there's people there that should be wearing helmets. Like. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll think of a hot take. Just give us a second. Yeah. Um, what, wait. What about poles? What's the pole scene at uh, at Bush? Those in or out? It's off and on. Yeah, no poles given. No poles makes sense just because like when you ski with poles, you usually like to go a little. I feel like people usually ski faster with poles. Um, and just like skiing rails is, in my opinion, more fun without poles than Bush is rails. So. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm really struggling right now. Kid's, no, kid's so hot. He's like, just ready dude, you just got fried from all the all the takes. It's all right. Um, we'll go into my first question then that I received, and it's just I don't I I don't know if he's joking or not. Ankilla asks, why pistachios as the logo? classic yeah i've heard that before <laughs> so th- th- is that a common misconception that that it's pistachios and not clams yeah what are those little uh baked like cookies i forget macaroons people call it that sometimes hamburger so- someone said it looked like the saga logo i, I didn't not what movie. i was shooting for yeah i drew that on ms paint it's just a clam yeah, it was this. I we were gonna replace it at well, like a pretty quick, or Will at least wanted to replace it. And I was like, I kind of like this because you know, I mean, he just didn't think it was gonna be 
whatever. But turns out he's really nice with MS Paint. That's actually super impressive that you that <laughs> that you Microsoft painted that. Honestly, I kind of like. I've never thought of this, but I kind of like that it's mistaken as other stuff. It's like the Owen three P dilemma, you know. People are like, how do you actually pronounce that? Is it on ep? You know, yeah. on three P, on three P. Like, is this a pistachio? Is it a clam? I kind of, I kind of like it. The mystery. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. Um. Blah, blah, blah. I don't even. Is it, let's see if this one's correct. Shoe man. Some of you guys moved west, but returned to Bush. What sets Vermont above the rest? Have you guys ever moved out west, or is he talking about your crew? That, yeah, that's probably, that's that's, crew. yeah, Chris and Andy and Chase, probably. Yeah, and yeah. And and so they made it back out to Vermont. Have you, you know, what's a what's I mean, it the, like? What do you hear? What are the tales from out west that you hear? Lot. I mean, after just being out west, it's just like just the general mentality is a little bit more laid back from what I've seen. Uh, and also being in Salt Lake, people are just kind of chilling harder out west versus on the east coast. I feel like uh, not necessarily just in like or even in skiing, just in the way of their lifestyles. Um, I think it's a lot easier to make a name for yourself on the east coast, or at the very least, be more distinct uh, because there's just fewer people that care about skiing to that point um around here there's a lot more i would say there's a lot more maybe not more casual skiers just the ratio of casual skiers to people that really care about it is different in the park skiing scene obviously there's a ton of racers out here but uh yeah i think that's probably one of the big ones um and also just like i feel like there's a lot of good job opportunities on the east coast um just because of the density populations and such yeah do you feel like there's a there's a lot of uh job opportunities up in vermont like just from somebody that's a little further south in new england it seems like vermont's pretty i i personally love vermont but because it's quiet so like is there stuff going on up there you can i've always kind of been able to get a job not a good job ever really except for the alpine shop but um (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know, like, if you want to wash dishes, like, that is always, like, super easy, like, you know what I mean, like, but, like, that, no, it's, like, not, not super great on the job market up here, and also, like, the housing market is insane right now, like, you literally, like, can, I, I just looked at a two-bedroom basement for twenty-seven fifty a month, which is just obscene, someone's basement. Is it, like, yeah, is, what's that- driving that up, is that just, like, Cause every, like, is it just cause there's a lot of ski resorts. So there's a lot of vacation houses up there. Like what is killing you guys up there? Part of it is probably Burlington starting to grow like a little bit, but not like, it's definitely not like in a growth phase. It's just like probably in part from like the gas and just like other kind of like, yeah. Economic impacts like that. Like, yeah uvm has a lot of influence on the local economy and just the amount of people that come in that have money to spend that some of the a lot of the locals don't have 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not just UVM. It's like Champlain, UVM, St. Mike's. There's um, Sloan, Bernanke. Yeah, there's a CCB. lot of colleges. Yeah, yeah, CCB. Yeah, there's just a lot of colleges around here. So I think that impacts it a lot. Yeah, I mean, in terms of understanding Burlington as a city, and I've never really gotten to talk with anybody on the podcast about like Burlington, Vermont as a place. So that's kind of why I'm taking the opportunity to do it now. But is it mostly, is it a town of college kids or is it a city that has a college in it, if that makes sense? You know, like, is it a college town or is it a city? Like, I, it is overrun by college kids, like for surely. Mm-hmm. Um, there are parts like the North End, Old North End, like, like there's definitely parts that feel more like a city than a college town. Yeah, you got people running it like Yanni, though. He's out there all the time. I don't know. Just like it seems like I see him like everywhere I go almost. Just like Yanni? Yeah, he's like, you know, like, out of yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if you'd call it like the art scene, but like, there's definitely like, I don't know, some good culture up here, but it's everyone in that same age bracket. It's, definitely a lot like of young people yeah it's so, definitely a young yeah. person place so you get out of this very small city my like my idea of burlington when i think of it because i haven't been there in a while but it's like a lot of college kids and then like a couple like usually homeless people that are like middle-aged and then like a lot of old people is that a fair characterization it seems like people leave Burlington as soon as they can and then maybe come back for retirement. I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. More or less. Um, I would say that there are parts that are definitely just like, yeah, like catered to the older generations. Uh, the homeless people are not like they're overall pretty nice in my encounters, although I I did have one homeless dude on acid with a wine bottle walk into my house with my roommates asking for the shoes that were at the entrance. And you're like, I'm sorry, but you can't take our shoes. Um, <laughs> he was really chill about it, but could have been bad because he did have the wine bottle. So we were not sure what was about to go down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's definitely like uh, a little too small to just stay in Burlington for most people, but there's definitely like college age families, no doubt. I was going to say, maybe we should clip this yeah. and send it to UVM admissions and uh, give them the, <laughs> and maybe we get to share this with everybody and they find out what's really going on in Burlington. Oh, I work there. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're playing. Um, all right, we'll get we'll get the rest of these viewer questions, and then we'll uh, then we'll get to bed. Um, let's see. Two hair, two dot hair. What is your favorite trick on both jumps and rails? I'll let you guys both take that, even though I suspect you'll only have one answer for each of you. <laughs> you want to go first? Yeah, probably switch five, switch cork five, probably blunt. And then rail. Oh man, I'd say it's not really a tail press. I just like to sit down on rails, like like it's like almost a tail press. It's like I'm on my heels, but it's like I don't know. That's just really fun. I like that. I'm surprised you had an answer for the for the rail one. 
since you're such a jump jump addict. <laughs> I, I try. I try. Yeah. In Jackson. Uh, I really like no grab 360s. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I really like one rail trick. That's tough. I really like 50-50s like so much. I really like wallies too. That's not a rail trick, but it's a thing. Um, probably, probably two to switch or switch to switch. Uh, and then 50-50s, one of those three. Love depending it. Depending on the day. Cool. And then last viewer question. It's not really ending on a bang. It's this kind of a, just a light sizzle to end this out. Aaron Zinovich, best pant material. Ripstop. No. Um, <laughs> that's I, I, that's I, what I, Zach said. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we'll let you know when we find it. I I actually made a pair of insulated corduroys. So it's like cotton flannel underneath the corduroy. And that's not like one fabric, but I thought it was like pretty cool in the end. Just like a nice like fat pair of corduroys. Um, underrated. Corduroy is underrated. Yeah. <laughs> and then so we'll circle back. Jackson, you've had some time to think. You got your uh hot take or are you still uh I mean I have a hot take that we can't you probably shouldn't, you know, broadcast. Oh, oh infuriates me like no one else is skiing i hate it with a Second. passion it it pisses me off when i watch their movies no no disrespect to them as people in terms of their personalities they're mad nice people from what i've heard from my close homies but their skiing and filming and editing is is bad for <laughs> for the community in my opinion like it's detrimental um yeah, I'm not a fan. I yeah, yeah. That Sorry. is that is a piping hot take. Nothing wrong with it. Just like if you think you're the best, then go out there and try to um, be the best. Like, I think I'm gonna bleep out the. I might bleep out the the name that you said, but leave all the thoughts <laughs> about it. So people, because that's great. Then people can be like, "Who the fuck was he talking about?" That'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Some people will definitely know. Yeah. No, that's good. You can do that if you want. Like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll bleep. I mean, you want me to bleep it or I can leave it uncensored if you really want to get the people. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'll censor it. I'll censor it. Those are they're nice dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want them to like, that's just an unnecessary attack. If you don't a shot. Know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we'll, we'll leave it in to know that you have some thoughts about a certain crew out there. You got any other hot yeah. takes? I mean, dude, if that's if that's just the one that you pulled out of the ether, like those, yeah, you got some I other mean, good ones like, in there. Like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, I got a couple. Um, people, so Hornbeck is right. Pizzaing ain't it? Yeah, so I mean, I'm a coach, or we're coaches, but and it's understandable to learn. But there's a point where you got to stop fucking pizzaing. It is. There, I'm, you know, not to be insulting or anything to people who pizza, but the goal is to keep your skis straight at all times, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It's in the, also, actually, no, no, I'm not going there. 
But yeah, uh, hit it, hit it. <laughs> <laughs> what were you about to say? You got some influencers. Influencers are my pet peeve, especially on the mountain. If you're an influencer on the mountain, like get the hell out of the way. Like, not even like, yeah, like I, I, I'm, all right, yeah. Example: I was at Kellington a week ago. And you have to start halfway down the trail to get enough speed for the final jump. And there was a girl just take, getting a video of her just like skiing down like all the rollers into the jump and like just like around all the features. And I was like, this girl is not stopping me right now. Like, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> so do you mean influencers like just anyone recording videos in the park on their phone? Like, what is your definition of influencers? super hot take anyone literally anyone who goes out for one run and says babe get a video of this side kicker like it's like unless you're like really risking it all right there like you got to be going big like i don't know on that note little less of a focus on that people who judge others on spin to win do not get my respects it is so like you gotta fucking understand that skiing isn't just all about park and what tricks you can do and what tricks you can't do and i really just got that entire vibe at copper of like all the little kids or kids younger than me a lot of them not all of them um you could just tell by the way they were just sizing everybody up it was just like super like you know you know what i'm saying and it was just like so whack and social media is like expediting the speed at which somebody comes to that point in my opinion um because just little kids see that right away and they like see a lot of the kids that are popping out for their age on social media or whatever <clears throat> and they're like oh that's like that's it like that's the mentality to have and it's just so fucking shot like, yeah it's like kids don't even know anymore that it's like you're just out there having fun like skiing is preposterous like just have fun yeah like people take it way too fucking seriously like oh my god yeah the one yeah copper had some shit that i was not stoked on about skiing like just to know that that was the state of skiing i love copper uh, he has a re i'd rather be a copper sticker on his pattern tubes it's like <laughs> the scroll where's the bush sticker dude <laughs> dude well i'm glad you said that skiing is preposterous because if if you have not if if there's a skier that has not had that thought you're just like an npc like it is the most ridiculous thing ever to give a shit about yeah like, do, do you guys ever feel like foolish that you give that you dedicate so much time to something that's like objectively just like something a cartoon character would do you know like, no, i think like, it's awesome i think it's awesome until it's too close to rollerblading and then i'm like all right we gotta do something way different now you gotta go hit a big jump or something i constantly think <laughs> about that but i just love skiing so much that i don't care yeah exactly it's one of those things you overlook but it really is just a goofy a goofy yeah. goofy hobby yeah yeah. All right. I mean, you got any other hot takes for us or you want to, you want to close this thing out? No, I'll leave it at that. I'll yeah. leave it at that. I don't, I don't want to get work too worked up. 
That was a good one. Yeah. On, just tease us with the one, one more. Just one little one. one more. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be a burning one about someone you really despise. Oh, God. <laughs> Such a nice guy, but doesn't know how to fucking ski. Like, he can do the tricks. He laces those tricks up. Mad consistent. I have utmost respect for the way he skis through the park and does the same tricks that he ends up filming, like, the whole day. And I think he's a super good dude. But holy fuck, I hate watching him ski. Almost as much as... There's gonna be, have to be a lot of bleeps for this part <laughs> if we want to keep the peace. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it was a pleasure to meet both of you guys. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time and and coming on here. It was fun talking about pants and a bunch of Vermont shit. So that was cool. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, before I forget, where can they find all your stuff? Anytides.com or just Anytides on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. All right. That is it.